crazy. But best episode since season two finale. Really, really good episode. I had to go back and watch the karaoke scene because I felt so viscerally uncomfortable when I watched it the first time. I started to get like knots in my stomach. Like I just felt really uncomfortable when I was watching it. And I haven't yeah, that felt really that way in you. so long. Right. And I watched it back a second time and it leveled out a bit. It wasn't as horrible, but I was just so upset watching it. Yeah, I mean, it was incredibly uncomfortable because you forget that they're there because Connor's fiance maybe walked out on him. Like, that's the reason that they're at the place in the first place. And then right. it just you just completely forget about that right away. I think this was, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Logan stan, I think this was a Logan-centric episode. It definitely was a Connor episode for sure, but it was a Logan-centric episode. And I think that this show, I'm always trying to find what the who the show is making fun of. I think it makes fun of each character, but like where is the actual irony? And sometimes I'm like, it's definitely the kids. And then this episode, I was like, it's the kids because – Logan has his pulse on what's going on and when he actually goes and apologizes and you can say his apology is fake or he's just doing it to get what he wants or blah 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 but he apologizes and still the kids fuck it up right like they're still bringing back their old shit he's apologizing for fucking you over in Italy he's not gonna apologize for the 40 years of trauma like you're 40 years old gotta you gotta like give a bit Right? I don't know. They should have just done their own thing. Like, this is what they get for getting pulled back in. You like, But that's why they have this weird relationship with their dad, is that they can never do their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> they get off with him, with, like, this little back and forth. Like, literally fucking their dad is their go-to. Yeah. And, I mean, nobody can. I feel like that was kind of the point to or jumped out to me was that like Carrie for example we've kind of gotten to know her over a couple seasons now and the sort of roller coaster of emotions with her in that episode all mm-hmm. all about Logan and I don't think right. that they ever spoke about it one time on screen no and they probably didn't speak about it ever because it was just Logan having other people do the bidding and figuring out if she's a good anchor. And then she basically finds out that she's a bad anchor and still Logan doesn't bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. But Embarrassing. And then uh, Shiv, too. Like, she can't get a divorce lawyer because uh, yep. Tom hit Logan, like, got to Logan first. 
I, like I agree with what you're saying, and I think that it puts into perspective like how Logan actually is still the center of the universe, despite the fact that like that was their first time seeing each other in months, right? Like since the season right. three finale. Um, and like, there's a vulnerability to Logan. You get the sense that like, he's trying to get something out of it as well, like for himself. But at the end of the day, like he can't put aside basically just common sense. And, and the kids like are really incapable of seeing past that at all. So it doesn't really matter. And, And like he, the result is just he's kind of playing a different game than them. If you think about the episode, they talk about the way they talk about Pierce and looking at the, the this liberal network for five minutes. They're they're completely uninterested, and then the minute that they have this new shiny toy, i.e., them perhaps stopping the deal altogether, that's their new focus, right? It's like they know that they could get the couple billion from the buyout, and then go invest in Pierce because they underpromised or I'm sorry, overpromised. And so like that could be their strategic thinking and that's Roman strategic thinking because he's the only one that kind of knows how to be a business person and knows what's good and the other two are just absolutely obsessed with their dad and I mean Logan, I mean Roman kind of is obsessed with the dad but just in a different way. Like it's very bizarre but just in a different way. Well, he's willing to take more like he ultimately I think has a higher threshold for like what he's willing to endure and like, but like betrayal kind of like he, he, I don't think he feels the hold into his siblings. So he can like put all that shit, like get past all that shit to just be loved or, or feel loved by his dad. Exactly. And I think I think Roman was always going to go back to his dad. I mean, even in the moments where the dad is literally fucking them over in Italy, he's like, but I love you. Yeah, he's like, please, like, like, please. Right. And he's a there's like a second where he might come over to Logan's side and then he doesn't. Um, I think that he has this like he's just wanting to be loved or how Connor put it, love sponges. Like, they just want to be loved by their dad at all times. And his siblings weren't paying attention to him. Roman, like, of course he would go. He had nowhere He had nowhere else to go than back to his dad. Like, welcome yeah. back to the dark side, though. Like, an, glad to have you. <laughs> it's an interesting reframing of Connor's character, too, because he's just like, basically, you guys are a bunch of idiots. Like, this is why... This is why I live on a ranch and am running for president. Like, <laughs> like, and it's weird. You gotta just give it up. And it's so bizarre because at least that's Connor's <laughs> own thing. He knows that his siblings are acting a certain way because of how their dad acted. And he's over it. Like, he literally is. The end is like, I'm going home. <laughs> well, I mean, that's pathetic in its own way, right? But still, right, right. So who are your winners and losers of this episode? I have to um, ask it now. Winner is Logan. Agreed. Um, loser? I think probably Shiv. Because she 
didn't get a lawyer and uh also she put all the like she she put all that shit on the table and just didn't get anything back for it. Shiv is like I agree with both of those. Shiv is so unhinged right now. I have never seen her character like this and it's making me anxious each time I watch her on screen. Yeah. I don't know what to do with it. She's so unhinged, like has no idea what's going on. She's calling the Sandys and then coming back in the room acting like, you know, we should just look at this. And it's just so it's such unhinged behavior and how she is with her dad is unhinged. It's just ugh, it's giving me anxiety. I hate to watch it cuz that was my girl. Like she was she was a titan. And now I'm yeah. just like you're so like a, you're like a third of yourself. A third. On the on the flip side, I kind of love what they're doing with Kendall right now. Like, oh, I love it. <laughs> I feel like he just is being a goofball. Like he, he's just gotten to this like not giving any fucks, like extreme dickhead place. Well, it makes sense, right? One, he thrives in these situations where he's just can be self-destructive and he knows that there's not really anything at stake and i think i don't know and i was listening to this podcast about the episode and they said something really interesting like what matters in succession right like think about the things that have happened and nothing really mattered like kendall killed someone and it didn't really matter and uh they're kind of having this deal and it doesn't really matter like all these little things are big things that have happened in their lives. Like there's no weight to it. And I think Kendall realizes that. And he's like, well, I'm just going to blow this shit up because like what matters? <laughs> like, yeah. He smoked meth in New Mexico and it didn't really matter. There's no bottom. I'm wondering what the bottom will be in this show, but there's no bottom. And I think Kendall knows that. And he's like, well, let's just fuck it to hell. I don't really care if like, we fuck our dad over or if we get a billion dollars who cares i feel like that's what we were saying last week where it's really just about the roys but i think also back to that karaoke scene i just felt like the show is about a dad and his kids and maybe that's why i felt so like viscerally uncomfortable with that scene is i think i think it's specifically with fathers and you can call it daddy issues or you can call it, you know, childhood trauma, whatever you want to call it. But when you grow up and you're an adult and you confront your parents about things that have seriously, deeply affected you and specifically like dads and they just don't give you what you want back. Like they almost it's almost worse if they give you like 50 percent. You'd almost like rather just be like, no, I'm not apologizing but the fact that when they apologize, it's just still not the moment that you had in your mind of feeling better. It almost makes you feel worse. I think that's that's definitely happened to me and my own familial relationships. So I felt like just watching that on screen and having that be written out, I was just like, yeah. this is how I feel. And I don't know if that makes for good television or if it's just like so real that it just felt too heavy. It just hit close to home. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, shit. I was like, is this what I look like every time that I don't accept my dad's apology? Like, that's so dark. Fuck. <laughs> it shows how 
how impactful that can be on people's lives and like the decisions that they end up making and the paths that they take. Um, And it just doesn't hold that same weight with your parent. Usually like they just haven't spent the mental energy on it that you have. And it's kind of talked about how you can like, or people end up working with the classical daddy issues. People end up working through those issues like in their own romantic relationships or they like, project those feelings onto them but right that shit happens in your professional life too like it it happens in kind of it can happen across uh, aspects of your life in a way that i don't think people really talk about at time i think it's it's like obviously exaggerated in something like succession where uh they have this like hyper corporate environment surrounding their family. But Mm -hmm. I feel like men in particular end up working through a lot of that stuff professionally, for example, like Mm. with the past they take, like trying to prove shit or um, sort of like losing sight of who wants what and for whom. But I think it's really hard because how else are you supposed to work through that if you're not literally actively in therapy all the time talking about that? It's almost like you bring on your problems to these really specific situations that aren't related. But like how else is your brain – like your brain connects those two situations just automatically. Like I know for me, I can't deal with – like conflict with men and me, whether it be someone I'm related to or a guy friend or a guy I'm going out with, like it is so automatically just so triggering for me. Like I just can't do conflict when it comes to males. It makes it feel like there's a dynamic that I am way too aware of and it just brings me back. And then I like, I can't even work through it. I, it's like I and it can happen in any context, like even male conflict at work. I'm just like, oh my God, is this guy going to like read me out? And it's like, no, he just wanted to, you know, know what you were doing on that word doc. Like, it's just, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like, I think it's so weird how that really plays out in other parts of your lives. Anytime that there are like power imbalances or like um, dynamics like that, that are kind of socially constructed in a way the person I think who's at the disadvantage or has less power is so much more acutely aware of it and yeah um, it can it can drive a lot of your decision making episode also made me realize that this that love feels sometimes like really transactional and i didn't like that either like it almost felt like if i tell you i love you then maybe that will give like you'll be able to give me something i also want and vice versa well that's completely how it is in the show which is why but i feel like in in real life right no i feel like it is i feel like the underlying tones 
even in real life sometimes too, it can be transactional. Oh, that's so cynical though. But is it not, right? Like, think about it. Think about I think there are I think there are situations where it's less so. Maybe like with your siblings. Even sometimes friendships. Like I think sometimes friendships can be so political and you're like, I love that person, but they also don't give me the type of love that I want and I can only get so I'm gonna give them this type as well. Like that it kind of feels like a little bit more transactional than you would like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that that's like love, though, what you're talking about. You know, I think that, yes, you can you can have a close friend. Like, I, I think it's very normal and healthy to just like have friends that you're not comfortable sharing certain things, like certain parts of yourself with them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that means that I, I just don't, I don't see how that makes it transactional. I, I, transactional to me implies like somebody did, like somebody did something nice or you did something nice for somebody. So now they owe you one like that. Uh, that's not like a loving relationship to me. No, but I'm saying that love can be a transactional relationship can be kind of under the guise of love is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. But that's like abuse. I think it's like emotional abuse. Right. But I think it can be under the guise, like a more transactional type of relationship can be under the guise of, but I love them. So I'm going to do this, but they also love me. So I'm going to do this for them. Like, I feel like that, that can be and i think that's what like kind of the show touches on is ultimately like we have love but then you're gonna like that's why we do certain things for certain people and get certain things in return and i think to your point that's not love but it is a transactional version of it Ooh, i think about it in the opposite way like i feel like they are unwilling to acknowledge that they love each other like in that example, they're un- they, they can't really acknowledge their underlying feelings because there's no transaction to be had. Like they would, mm. I think, be more willing to acknowledge and say that they love their dad if he like that he had given them jobs and security and like that kind of shit. And yeah. because that's all out the window, like they. Um, they feel owed like some sort of emotional restitution at least, but it's not because um, it's not just because it, it, I think that is clearly for a reason. Um, and in this case being that they're not getting material shit from him. Yeah. And I think, but that <clears throat> even goes back to this idea of, like what what is the unconditional love that like what like where is this where is the bottom of your love right like where does the unconditional part stop in our own lives there's like there's always more unconditional love for certain people than there is others uh but i think un- like love is love right like they are they still have <laughs> okay diddy <laughs> Stop. Stop. 
they still love one another, but like their love hasn't faded. To me, their love hasn't faded, but they, um, they're only able to like understand it through transactional means around the company. And it's now like they have, they're dealing with all this like hurt and pain and stuff that, like we said, is controlling them. And I think that that's not necessarily something that they should be blamed for, but it's like, if they're to blame for something, it's like expecting something from, like something different from him than he's uh, given to them before or that he's shown he's capable of. And that translates to like, real life i think i think that's i think that's why i was so bothered sometimes by the show not in a bad way but just because it's it's weird seeing human interactions that would take place just so like simplified just so simplified and dumbed down and like so easy to read i also feel like so many people at least i deal with are so coy with with love I'm so coy with how they might feel about someone or what they want to do for that person. And I think sometimes the show just like breaks all that away. And it's like very clear what people's intentions are. It's very clear what people are saying and what they're doing. I I think that people are age and like, I feel like I first noticed it in college are just like, they kind of overthink love a little bit. And I feel like men more so, but I think it's people tend to overcomplicate it with all these transactions or like they did X, Y, Z for me. So they must feel this way or they didn't do this. So they must not. Um, Like, I think it can just be simpler than that. Well, it is very funny, right? My sister, <laughs> My sister was talking about like this friend she has that uh was like, if that guy doesn't do this for you, he doesn't love you or he doesn't like you. Like it was just these very like specific examples and these very specific things that in your brain wouldn't really make sense. But then I was thinking about it later on and I was like, if those are the versions of love and affection and respect that you've seen. Why, why would you not think that? Do you know what I mean? You know, a guy's never gotten me a burger at 10 p.m. when I was craving one. Like, there's like these little arbitrary things where I'm like, maybe that to me would feel like love, but to somebody else, that would just feel like, oh, they just, you know, listen to what I said. Yeah, but that's limiting. If It if, is. Of course it's limiting. That's uh, – that, that – that mindset is daddy issues. <laughs> Honestly, like your parents are the first people that teach you like what love is. Like they're the first people that love you and you learn basically what unconditional love is slash means through your relationship with them and your siblings. And then, yeah. um, you know, as you get closer friends, like it, it all like add subtlety to it and everything like that. But 
Yeah, that's. I think that that's how you end up like a fucking Roy, where, uh, like in the fi- in the figurative sense, um, your definition of love is completely driven by the love that you received, like from these this one or two specific people. Um, yeah, I think that that's. I think that that's limiting. I think that there's like. There's just room to grow from that uh, standpoint. She, um, I also took my, I took my attachment theory type, whatever it's called, <laughs> recently, and like they ask you questions about like how you were loved and how you were treated when you were growing up, and all of mine were like relatively positive, so I had secure attachment, which mm-hmm. then also just it's like very good, and it's also like can be very bad because it's like you can easily cut people out or you can leave someone and not feel. Like you're missing anything, which can be good if you're in a bad situation, but also can be bad if it's like, oh, I have no emotional attachment to you anymore. And so I was just thinking about that. And I was like, yeah, it's so easy for me to compartmentalize and be like, I'm not interested. And I was thinking about to when I grew up and just being like to my parents, like, I thank you for your love, but I'm not interested in that part. So I'm good. And Damn. I was like, oh. I was like racking my brain and I was like, oh, I just, oh, it's just like a double-edged sword. All that to say, we all have daddy issues. So figure that out. I'm in therapy. Love you, mom and dad. I told you (laughs) way back in season one, you were thirsting over some married man. I forget. Oh, uh, it was Kevin Jonas. Oh, there you go. There you go. Wow. It was Kevin or Joe Jonas. Yeah, I think because I was like, wow, they're like married and dad now, like honestly hotter. And you were like, you have daddy issues. And I was like, I know. Mm, Everyone well. has them. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. This was fun. Yeah, this more was fun. Talk, more life talk next mm-hmm. week. Uh, do you have any funny tweets or anything you want to end on? Anything funny? You saw yeah, shout actually, out LSU. Shout, shout out, out LSU. LSU. Shout out Angel Reese. This thought comes into my brain like every so often of just like when I was a a kid, things that I thought were going to be much more prominent in my life, like as an adult. And the two that come to mind Mm -hmm. are are quicksand and piranhas. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like all piranhas. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like there was, there was so much like, I don't even know what I based that off of. I just feel like... Like hype? Yeah, like literally hype. Quicksand was so hyped when you were a kid. Yeah. I mean, I thought I would use geometry more. The way that everybody would be stressed about it, right? Like you thought you would have to calculate the areas and the perimeters of things more and you just never have to do that or somebody else does it for you. There was really no need for us to learn that. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to end on this. Um, this is a really cute tweet I saw, and it's from Alexis Ohanian, um, Serena Williams' husband. And he says, every night I ask Olympia, their daughter, to bring a big question to the dinner table. Every night I promise I'll always answer it if I know it or at least – which is often the case, we'll look it up together. This night, she asked, who was the first artist ever? So we got to look up cave paintings together. And I just think, 
That is the most beautiful thing ever and so wholesome. And that maybe is love. That's beautiful. <laughs> that is love. Isn't that beautiful? That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Quality time. Have a wholesome week. I won't, but thank you. <laughs> Thank you.